0: Arthur Widener, Doodlebug Beverages.
1: And kind of pre-interview here, Doodlebug Beverages goes a little bit further than we thought. Uh, We're talking today about the Sweet Crude. It's a a liqueur that Art Widener has uh, perfected and uh, found out you're more of a distributor and an author of, but you're not the distiller itself, so... Uh, without getting too technical here, start us with the recipe, and then give us the description to where we're at today. Where you're the distributor, Doodlebug Beverages. So, uh, how, how did you, uh, is this a family recipe,
0: or it is? It's about 100 years old. Okay. Uh, Great Grandpa Albert, All right, excuse me, Martin, uh, not not Grandpa Albert, but Great Grandpa Martin started it uh, uh, before the age of Prohibition. But North Dakota was a dry state in those years. And uh, was a dry state for 45 years, and so people out in the west, you know, out of necessity, had to produce their own alcohol if they wanted to have a little bit of of uh, of the spirit. And there's lots of family recipes out there. there used to be, anyways. Um, you know, you still go out there, and people want you to try their apple pie recipe or something like that. Sure. Um, this is quite a bit different than those. Uh, but it, well,
1: you know, what's in it? What's in it?
0: Well, it, it's uh, you know one of the main ingredients, of course, is caramelized sugar, uh, And that's something that I produce myself um, because um, I find it it's, it's very important for the quality of the drink. Uh,
1: and, and you were telling me, um, as we kind of did a little pre-interview here, that you did that out of basically your own personal preference of quality, quality control, that the stuff on the market, just didn't seem to have the quality that you wanted so you took that matter in your own hands
0: right and 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 it's something that we used to do in the kitchen you know in order to produce the what grandpa uh martin and albert used to do um they showed us how to do it in the kitchen uh well you know that's not going to work when we're talking about production level a thousand bottles two thousand bottles four thousand bottles um so we had to come up with a process and a piece of machinery that could, could do it for us. What was available out on the market, again, is mostly as a colorant, not as a flavor profile, and that's not what North Dakota Sweet Crude is about. We're about the natural flavors that we can produce and uh, give people a unique experience. Um, the reason that we started the, the business I I mean, I'm, I'm an engineer. Um, by upbringing and by uh, genetics, if you talk to my wife, But (laughs) um, you know, I wasn't looking to get into the alcohol business. Um, It wasn't in in my wasn't on my windshield at all. Um, But as we started sharing, you know, the family recipe around out in the western part of the state when we would go hunting, uh, people kept requesting it. Um, You know, one time we called back and said, "Hey, we're coming back out to hunt." And he said, oh, yeah, it'd be great, but you know that bottle you brought last year? Yeah, I'm going to need 12 this year. So my brother and I started looking at each other and said, hey, we might have something. <laughs> and you've got more connection to Western North Dakota than just hunting. Yeah, uh, so my family uh, is from uh, the Zap, North Dakota area. Oh, Zip the Zap. all exactly. right. Exactly. Yep.
1: Uh, the, the former mayor's, who's now the mayor again, has been back on our show a number of times, Terry uh, Barden. Mayor of Zap, North Dakota.
0: So it's going to be 50 years this spring. Yes, yes. We were talking I need, about. That. I need to do something big out there with him. I, I need to get out there and do something.
1: Well, we laughed because he he won the last mayor election as a write-in, and he wasn't. He didn't know about it. He was on vacation, and they <laughs> called him and said, "You won the mayor election again." There was a guy on the ballot, even. <laughs> he won <laughs> because he was the previous mayor. Uh, right, right, oh, that's
0: right.
1: So like funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, so you've um, your family's from Western North Dakota. Yep. The, the sweet crude i went right away to the bakken do you, do you uh have a vested interest in the bakken um you, you don't have the name but sweet crude obviously people think of oil
0: right so. well i mean the zap Beulah area if you you know lignite capital of the world yeah. right so coal is king there right now but yeah we still have some mineral rights in the area um not much they're not worth anything right now but you know
1: hey, oil gets be. up to 100 bucks it might be right yeah right could happen um and it will again so okay, you. How much of this did you do yourself? Your your grandpa did the recipe. Your great grandpa.
0: Well, and it's been it's been tweaked. Yeah. I mean, you know, grandpa and, wasn't putting citrus into the. Okay. It, you know he wasn't putting lemongrass. What's
1: in it. in it? What's in you it? Know, What's,
0: so, well, besides the cinnamon, which is what you're going to get up front. There's the a the lot dominant of cinnamon flavor. Yep. Uh, but you know it's backed by the velvety uh, cover of the of the uh, of this. The caramelized sugar. I mean, that's really what's what's coating your tongue and, and giving you that that good sweet flavor, um, and helping to control the alcohol burn. Because uh, there is really no alcohol burn with this liqueur, uh, even though it's 75 proof. Uh, you know, people try it for the first time they're like, "Whoa, 75 proof!" Um, but you can't tell, really. Uh, and that, that has a lot to do with the, with the caramelized sugar in there. That that it's actual caramelized sugar. And then uh, the cinnamon—it's uh, a—it's a tough brewing process to get all of that cinnamon flavor out of there. Um, but that's—that's that's one of the things that that you know, Grandpa had, did right, uh, and he had it had it down. And so then along with that, then there's some ginger, and some lemongrass, and then uh, the citrus notes.
1: Was the ginger and lemongrass part of your? great-grandfather's
0: recipe? Ginger was. Ginger was. Uh, but not lemongrass okay. and, and, and citrus. I, well, I don't know where he was getting ginger from. That's what I mean, was, was going to ask. A, it's a tropical thing. Uh, oh, ginger
1: yeah. comes out of Canada. Okay. Oh, I think Canada is the biggest... Really? Lot, that's where... Canadian dry ginger ale. That's, oh, okay. That's, that's the reason they have so much ginger ale. Oh, okay. Is that Canada is a very big supplier of ginger? Yeah, I didn't know that until last year. I didn't. I didn't yeah. know that either. But it makes sense when they started co- correlating the Canada dry ginger ale, right, with um, with that. So right. Yeah. I imagine that's where you got the ginger from. Then was probably hey, Canada. Must, must have been. But lemongrass. That's pretty specific to oh, the yeah. Pacific Rim or the right. Asian countries. Right. Yep. Um, so that came later. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, at what point did your family stop brewing it in bathtubs or distillers out in the garage or barn you know, so or whatever? Basically, because uh, you you tried it just with those home kits or you know whatever the heck,
0: yeah, right? Yeah, and you yeah, realized okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, this isn't anything that I'm really interested in becoming yeah, an expert yeah. in. Yeah. And
1: yeah. you did it more for fun just right, to
0: see. So right. this said, I'm an engineer. Yeah. Got to understand how things exactly. work exactly. But
1: I imagine your you know maybe your grandpa probably
0: stopped so, or so great great grandpa martin uh you know out of necessity he was he was cooking it up in the smokehouse right okay hey martin why are you smoking a pig in july i don't ask questions <laughs> <laughs> you got your ginger order in <laughs> the stuff in the pig with ginger <laughs> right 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 so uh <laughs> you know prohibition ended uh you know and probably about 34 in north dakota uh well, that was a pretty tough time in Western North Dakota. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, people were scraping on by on, on fumes and dirt back then, um, so they weren't going out and buying alcohol. Uh, so they were probably still distilling. But you know, after the and then the war, World War Two comes on, uh, you know, and things are pretty tight then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, after World War Two is when uh, when the family kind of gave up on Great Grandpa's still, out of necessity, really. Um, you know, the thing was. Not that great to begin with, and, and uh, it's probably pretty well broken down by then. A lot
1: of barns still you can see on the interstate <laughs> driving by, going. You know, if a leaf falls on that barn, it's done. All right, you know, all type right of thing. Okay.
0: Yep. So So, okay. so then they, they, you know, then they switched over to, to the what was you know readily available and, and and mass produced. So when did you start doing this? When was your first bottle sold? First bottle was sold July twentieth of this of two thousand eighteen. Okay,
1: so eight nine months ago. Um, when did you start the process to when did you sell the first bottle? How long did that so take? So it took me three years to oh, get to wow. market.
0: Yep, I applied for a business license in uh, May of 2015.
1: So you hear that, kids? You got a good idea? For a liquor, it takes three years to get to market.
0: <laughs> well, most of that was encompassed in the the machinery and and process refinement of of caramelizing the sugar.
1: Oh, okay. And not the red tape of
0: not 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 much. Okay. No, in fact North Dakota was was fantastic to work with. Okay.
1: Um cuz a lot of times when you liquors involved, right. um you're talking Well,
0: no and right. then the fact that I I'm not the distiller, right? Stringent. I went I went to a distiller that knew what he was doing. He's the president of the American Craft Spirit Association. I mean, he's he's top dog. He, he's perfect. Okay. A, at the at the top of his craft, and so you know to get him on board, that was that was huge, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of homework that I, that yeah. I don't need to do.
1: All right, so then uh, you got the market. Um, now, how many locations are you in?
0: Roughly, uh, I'm going to say 75, maybe okay. 80. And that's um... and that's in North Dakota. Okay, and is and that, that... And is that liquor stores or bars or both? Both. Okay, both. Okay. And then you know in Minnesota currently. Uh, well, there'll be a kickoff party on Friday uh, for the next location, but uh, that'd be nine locations in the, in the Twin Cities.
1: So when I was interviewing the um, healthy seed oil guy out of Carrington, uh, Gushas, he mentioned that like North Dakota's got some odd CBD hemp oil laws to where you can't actually export anything outside of the state. Um, I imagine liquor has a lot to do with. In fact, I mentioned this earlier, the, the uh, Fargo Beer House or the, brew house, or the Fargo Brewing, Brewing. Company, yep. uh, they have to go through the distributor to get beer to their South Fargo location. Right, because it's so, not where
0: they actually brew
1: it. Right, so there, there's a lot of um, different hoops you got to jump through when you're talking about liquor or hemp or anything like that. Did you? Are you finding that out going to They're, Minnesota or oh, have you definitely. tried to get into yeah. South Dakota? Have you yeah. tried to get into Montana?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, so, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's idiosyncrasies in, in the regulations in every state that you go to. It's, it's a learning process. Um, it, I would say, you know, to get us fr- into Minnesota, again, I, I, I went to another distributor who's already there because I knew that, that it was going to be too much of a headache, it was going to take me too long, and it would be too costly quite frankly I mean Minnesota the, the regulatory environment is so much different than North Dakota and so uh, I, I went to somebody who was already in the business uh, got a recommendation from the distiller and and I couldn't be happier I mean the guys are kinda people uh, you know here's a handshake and, and, and off on business we go so in North Dakota I've been really pleased with with the regulators and, and um, how helpful they are. I mean, even though there's regulations out, and I read through them, and I would I would call them up and I'd say, "Look, here's what it says." But I know that other people are doing business this way. What's the disconnect here? What am I not seeing? So, oh, well, you're not seeing the policy manual that you know that, that's an addendum to the regulation okay well can you explain that to me because uh, obviously i'm not i'm not getting this right and and so yeah there's a whole nother realm of of policy that that goes hand in hand with the regulation and and uh and and, you know again that's just kind of a barrier to entry that you gotta you gotta knock on the right door to to find that sort of stuff out
1: uh south dakota montana adjacent even wyoming to a certain degree is uh adjacent to north dakota any
0: luck there Well, so far I haven't gotten that far. Okay, Um, uh, you know, right now it's 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 basically me doing the deliveries and sales and everything. Part time because you have a full time job. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll be able to retire out of that here in the next month or two. Um, But uh, I mean, I got a I got a couple of you know high school college guys that I rely on every once in a while to help me do the the sugar caramelization and what have you. Um, But (coughs) excuse me, we should mention that that
1: through this doodle bug beverages you've actually been able to spawn off two other side businesses so yeah. you got your yeah. your caramelization business which right. you mentioned the junkyard brewing company if i can even say that is going to be buying some stuff from you so you but got a customer yeah. okay yeah. so they, they did. did yeah and then um you're growing hops yeah okay yeah. and how yeah. did that come about
0: well, uh, I, I got a friend. Uh, I mean, there's no hops in this drink. No. Okay. No, there's no hops in this thing. Uh, so i got a, a buddy from college, uh, doctor of pharmacy, here locally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he and I, you know, are kind of gardeners, farmers, what have you. I mean, he actually, you know, lived on a farm and farmed potatoes mostly out by Saban. And so his, his parents are aged and they're out of the farming business, but they still live on the farm. And so, you know, he's looking to the future. He's like, well, you know, there's going to be land here in the very near future, and and I'd like to kind of simplify my life a little bit, kind of get out of the pharmacology business and and more into a business of my own. And and so he he was looking into it, and he he and I both really enjoy beer. And uh, we say, hey, it's probably an opportunity with this local um, impetus to, to buy local and use local ingredients that, that we could get into the into the farming of, of hops. So we put a test plot out at his family farm, and he needed me because I'm the engineer and I'm the construction guy. And so uh, we, we it, it takes kind of an elaborate setup in order to to grow hops. Um, and in fact, you know, uh, more so for ours because. We didn't want to have any impact to the to the family farm, so we've got solar power, um, you know, uh, free pumping irrigation system, um, uh, reclaimed trellis system, um, and so uh, the idea is then okay. We've we've proven the concept that, that we can produce good quality hops here in the area, and now we'll go up to my farm, which is actually my my wife's family farm. Uh, up north of Georgetown, and we have more acreage that we can incorporate up there, you know, along the lines of like 15 acres, and that'll be a, a viable business.
1: Have you done a crop yet? Like uh, a we season?
0: Have. So it, it Harvest? Takes, it takes three years, three to, years. To, okay. to really get to a, a harvestable crop in, in the hops business, and this year was uh, was our first three-year plants. And uh, we were able to sell our entire crop to Junkyard Brewing as well. And so they'll use those hops and my sugar in the same beer batch, and they'll have a an op- a tapping uh, uh, party. Probably end of March or beginning of April or something like that. Are
1: you gonna try to get a sweet crude beer with those guys?
0: <laughs> like a cinnamon flavored beer
1: or something like that? I
0: don't know. I don't know, you know, Dan, those... Dan Dan would be into it. I mean if anybody be into it, it'd be Dan, but well, uh... well
1: you mentioned uh, ginger, cinnamon, and lemongrass. Right. So if you and incorporate citrus, yep. insert citrus. Yep. So if you incorporated that into a beer, I'm sure they'd be all about it. Right, right. Jeez, say, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You mentioned you're retiring from your full-time job. You're an engineer by trade. You're an engineer by, I would imagine that's put the bread on your table. Right, right. Um, Yeah,
0: it's it's taken me around the world, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, by the way, Art Widener with uh, Doodle Bug Beverages, he's also an engineer by day. This is uh, kind of a side business that he's hoping to transition into a fun retirement business uh is that how you're kind of looking at this as you yeah, you know kind of yeah. retirement where you yeah, you know work part-time spend, and
0: spend more time at, at home and, and actually be more philanthropic yeah uh i, I really enjoyed it you know I, I had one gig where uh i had wild success uh in sales and uh reaped a huge bonus one year and wow that was fun to be a philanthropist that year i bet and, oh yeah yeah it was it was it was just great you know to reap that kind of bonus and be able to go yeah you know what i'm gonna bless bless this uh ministry or this this uh non-profit pay it forward
1: type thing right right uh so what's next for you um you're gonna when are you retiring do you know
0: uh i guess my stated goal is to be retired before the end of of march oh that's That's coming up yeah yeah so
1: not like next
0: year next month no no we've been thinking about it a lot and uh i just in order to grow the business the way it's going um, I I really need to be able to spend some more time with it, and and be able to spend some more time with my family. I mean, you know, the way it is right now, they they, they barely see me. Sure. Um, and you know, and besides that, I'm I'm also in the Air Force Reserves. I command a, an Air Force squadron, um, and uh, so that you know that that takes a significant amount of time too.
1: You're over forty. I am. Okay. When you're get over forty, you're supposed to be eliminating things not adding them well that's why we're trying to eliminate the engineering <laughs> that's what i'm saying at least, at least it's finally coming you know you had to add four things before you eliminated one that's your math isn't quite there yet um, <laughs> anyway
0: you're on my wife's side <laughs> you're
1: supposed to be a linear thinker mr engineer um, anyway so okay uh, kind of wrapping up here what's what's next for you then um, you're you're retiring but what's next for doodlebug beverages, are you going to add more uh, lines? Because right now you just have the one?
0: I just have the one flavor. Th- the Sweet Crude. North Dakota Sweet Crude. Okay. And so, you know, we've got that trademarked. The Sweet Crude is trademarked. And we we, we always planned that um, that we would, we would go into uh, additional flavors based upon our travels around mm-hmm. the world, you know, getting local flavors and things. And so, you know, the next one, I don't know if we'll... I don't know exactly what the name will be yet. Uh, we've been we've been debating whether or not we're going to go with another state. You know, like, hey, we're going to go to Oklahoma Sweet Crude or Texas Sweet Crude or something like that. But um, we might. But I think I'm le- leaning more towards a, a regional uh, name rather than a, a, another state name.
1: Would it be a different recipe? It,
0: it, well, it, slightly. Okay. Slightly. But uh, the, obviously, the you know the, so you did, the like, base of the caramelized sugar and the and the pure alcohol would still be there.
1: Um, but you wouldn't like say uh, the Black Hills, which has a lot of you know, pine. Sure. So you wouldn't, like, go more of a pine uh, gin route versus the, you know, you know what I mean? A, not a
0: juniper flavor Just all.
1: Just to go more for the thematic of the, right. you know, the Black Hills. Right, right. Because kind of that's what you did with the North Dakota Sweet Crude. It has that thematic of what's going on out there. And yeah,
0: yeah. Not, uh, not
1: in the flavor, though. It's not in not, the flavor. No. The
0: flavor is kind of unique, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you think of, of. Um, you know, as you go around the world, and and like I said, I've been been a lot of places. Um, what are, what are the local flavors like? You know, what are they really? What are they known for as mm-hmm. far as it? And so you know, we've already got the lemongrass, right? And I got well, is, is really big in in Southeast Asia, right. right? You know, so maybe we could do something more with the lemongrass and less with the the cinnamon and the, and the, and the citrus and citrus But
1: the idea would be to stick with those flavors and play with them.
0: Play with them and maybe expand a little bit. Yeah, a little okay. bit. Um, you know, maybe get into some nuts. Oh. Uh, um, just, we're really, really just kind of tapping it right now. I mean, we've got our next flavor is pretty well pegged, um, but the naming is still, uh, still a little bit up in the air, but uh, we're still... I mean, we're still ironing out our, our, our supply suppliers, really. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're still getting that, that, that smooth uh, uh, transition of, okay, we're producing something this month. Are we doing anything next month? I don't know. You know. It depends on sales. Well, we're at that point now where we can pretty much depend on a certain level of, of uh, minimum sales. Wow. To where, you know, uh, we've gotta, we've got to have a production every month.
1: Well, to me, I, I love this stuff because this is like that ground floor incubator stage where you're just ready to explode so much so you're take, you're, you're
0: retiring from work because you feel it coming. Right. You know right. it's coming. Right. And yeah, well, I mean, when when the regional director of Total Wine comes to you and says, I want to buy your production next month. Uh, yeah. Y- you know.
1: That's like McDonald's coming to Ron Offit and saying, I'm going to start buying your potatoes. Right. And Ron it's yeah. like, Oh, great. I just made my livelihood for the rest of my life. As, right. long as, as long as McDonald's buys my potatoes, hey, I can... And that's similar, smaller scale, right. but similar.
0: Yeah, and not not quite the, that level because, I mean, McDonald's is always going to sell French fries, right? Well, I'm still competing with, with 40 other liqueurs in total. That's a
1: good point, yeah. It's it's not like they're selling onion rings. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. That's one of their main items is French fries, yeah. But Okay, all right. Well, anything kind of, uh, that we forgot, anything that uh, you want to reiterate? I like to give guests the final words, so their question isn't framed by me. So just kind of floor is yours.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess the thing is, you know, it, it's still an all-natural kind of drink. Um, you know, we aren't we aren't going out there and, and uh, finding the the proper chemistry. <laughs> And so you'll, you'll notice that in, in our bottles, uh, that there'll be some settling in the bottles. It even says it on the, on the label itself. Um, but that's just the nature of it. You know, We double filter, but we don't want to filter out too much because then you start affecting the flavor too much. Um, and, and that's just the way we want to keep going about it. I mean, even the distiller has told us, hey, you know, the way you guys do this is very different than the way we normally do stuff. I had actually buy equipment for the distiller because i said this is the way i want it yeah it's a pretty good sign that (laughs) quality controls involved right yeah and so he said you know we might start having difficulty if we get to ten thousand bottles a month to continue to to produce it in this fashion i said well i'm an engineer we'll figure it out we'll figure it out
1: that story reminds me of um when i first started this company actually um i had one radio station out in dickinson i um Internet was not even really out there. They were now putting the cables in. so And Wi-Fi, you didn't really have the jetpacks. So I didn't have a social media presence. And um, I had a food truck, and so I would joke that that's my social media presence was (laughs) the food truck. So come on out and this and that and everything (laughs) along those lines. But I was such a stickler for my quality of my food that I wanted um, bread with no preservatives. Mm -hmm. One person in the state...
0: Would that do could that do for it. You. Yeah. That was
1: breadsmith out of Fargo. Yeah. And you got Baker Boy, one of the biggest, biggest bread companies in the United States out there in Dickinson, but they couldn't do it. Right. And so that was my stickler of quality control that um, I worked a deal out with Max Hardware to where the breadsmith guy would drop off the buns to Max Delivery Driver. Sure. And they'd drop it out, and I'd go meet the Max Delivery Driver out the Max Dickinson to get my bread. Um, crazy man.
0: Yeah, we we've, we've had to do similar stuff like that. Like when we first sold to the Cannonball Saloon in, in Regent. I mean, we were out there hunting, right? And it was, yeah. And it's World Series time, right? So we're sitting around the bar and, and we're like, wow, well, we don't really want to go back to Justin's place for, for whatever to watch the game because he doesn't have very good television. Let's stay here and watch the, watch the game. But I really want some sweet crude, my brother said. I'll go ask the barmaid. So you ask the barmaid. Oh yeah, well, you can bring it in as long as you share it with everybody. <laughs> so he brings it in. He shares it with everybody. Well, the barmaid comes up and says, "Okay, that that was good stuff. Now we want a case, and it's got to be here before deer season." So look at my brother. Like, are you gonna deliver it? Because it's three hundred miles from my house. Right. <laughs> Somebody's got it. <laughs> so we worked it out. I mean, we asked around, and sure. Oh yeah, I got a you know a trucker buddy that's that's delivering canola to to uh cargill in west fargo you can you know throw a couple cases in with him on his return trip and and i'll get it to the to the saloon you know the next day or whatever so it's like a three-day delivery but uh it worked yeah but for
1: me i used to have about a half a dozen people that would come over and just buy bread and that's when i knew my decision was right like they don't even want the sandwiches; they just want the bread to take home because right. it didn't have any preservatives. Right, and it was it was terrific bread. Right, just great. And if you know, you only had a short period of time, so you could freeze it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And but even then, you know, so we had weekly <laughs> orders of this bread coming. I just I ran into the breadsmith the other day, and we were chuckling about that because he lived less than um, a half a mile from the distributor center of Max. Sure. Otherwise, this wouldn't have worked. You right. know what I mean, right. every planet had to line for it to happen. Sure. It sounds like your canola story. You right? Know? Like, right. well, he's got a little spot back there, and anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, how can people learn more? A website to find out your distributors, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the distributor here in North Dakota. Uh, retail, and, yeah. And the retail outlets are all lo- on the uh, CrudeSpirits.com, and then of course we have a, a Facebook page, and uh, you'd be able to, to, you know, message there as well. Um, but recipes, you know, are on the Crude Spirits site, uh, the, all the store locations uh, based upon your location, closest place it'll find for you. And, uh, you know, uh, we're growing every, every week. As I get time, I, I make a trip. You know, my wife jokes, is I, I know where you are. I just look at the Facebook posts and, you know, hey, it's available here. It's available here, you know. Right. Uh, basically, if I can get to the decision maker and let them taste it. of the time, I've had success. There's only been a couple of people that have turned up their noses at the flavor of North Dakota Sweet Crew. Thank you, sir. Thank you.